Hello comrades and welcome to the another episode of The Buckeye Bombast with Bill Haven and the Boy. And hats off to Ukraine for taking more territory from Russia. Ja. Uh, yes, we have quite the doozy for you today. Um, obviously, just uh, the crazy week two reactions. Uh, a lot of games uh, that were really good. Uh, a lot that turned out a lot different, a lot differently than we thought. So uh, we'll get to those. Uh, of course, have to react to the Ohio State game first and foremost as Buckeye Bombast. Um, you know they played Arkansas State, so. We'll kind of get to the, some of the things we look for and what we expected versus what happened and I'll kind of transition that into the uh, Toledo game coming up here this week. So uh, we'll start it off there. Uh, I was only able to see the end of the third quarter and on. Uh, I went back and watched some highlights. So since you watched the full game, why don't you start us off, kind of give us your uh, thoughts on the game first. Yeah, early on, it, it really looked like Ohio State was definitely going to walk right away with it um, and, and, and cover that spread, you know, in the first half. But um, Arkansas State, on I'm, I'm trying to remember if it was the first drive or the second, uh, but they basically benefited from what I felt was a terrible uh, roughing. Well, it wasn't a roughing, the punter call. It was on a punt, and um, the defender basically leapt uh, toward the uh, two main blockers in an attempt to, you know, ideally block the kick. And in midair, they basically grab him and flip him over, and they basically called a penalty on, on Ohio State for leaping or whatever they call that silly penalty. And I thought that was terrible. Um, that one is probably not as egregious as the other thing that we'll talk about in that game, but... Um, I that basically gave um, Arkansas State three points, and I won't say it gave them momentum, but you know it kind of shook up Ohio State's rhythm in, in my mind. Um, so you know they kind of went through some you know some weirdness there in the uh, in the first half for a little bit, and then they went into that same weirdness late in the game, and um, you know that's basically what got them to the forty-five to twelve. Um, you know that that really weird, um, what I in my mind was a non-penalty, and then of course I don't know if you had an opportunity to see Harrison's touchdown that then wasn't. So uh, basically, you know he had caught the ball, uh, and in real time, you know he, basically as he's crossing the plane or what appears to be the plane, the ball gets knocked loose. Um, Arkansas State falls on it, and so the question was, was oh, wow, you know, did he fumble? And as a fan, initially I'm worried, okay, hopefully they call that an incomplete pass because I don't want Arkansas State to get the ball. But as you're watching the review, not only um, was it complete, but he had actually crossed the plane. And so when the ball came loose, it didn't matter. It was already a touchdown. Well, ultimately, they, they ruled it uh, an incomplete pass. I um, think we had, we settled for a field goal there uh, when we should have had a touchdown. So right there, two key plays really spelled 10 points. And frankly, in my opinion, it, it kind of touched the, uh, the rhythm and momentum that Ohio State had. I guess what I'm saying there is Ohio State looked in different parts to me, like uh, absolutely 
dominate and cover that spread um, and be uber efficient. But at other times, uh, they did kind of look weird. You know, as much as I talk about that non-penalty, they had three personal fouls, I think, on that drive or another drive. I, I you know that that led to points. Um, they had these offside calls uh, multiple times, which, you know, that, that can be a little unnerving, but those are fixable, uh, ideally. Um, so yeah, that's my reaction to the first half that, that they really did come out like gangbusters. Um, Stroud had some beautiful passes, um, you know, not just to, uh, Harrison, but to Egbuka, uh, Kate Stover, uh, was getting more passes, which is kind of cool coming from from the tight end. Both mine, Williams and Travion, look good. Um, so I, it, it's offensively, it looked a lot better to me, and and, and I'm happy about that. Um, I think my concerns for this this past week are probably more on on the defensive side and the penalties, especially. Yeah, I will address some of that. I did see. That first, uh, the first one he talked about, uh, and yeah, even the announcers were like, I've never heard of that penalty. Uh, but you're right, which is really unfortunate because, uh, Ibuka returned that for a touchdown on that play. And that would have been Ohio state's first, uh, punt or kick return for a touchdown. in I don't know, since what, 2015, uh, 2016, I don't remember. Uh, but it's been, it's been quite a few years. Um, and that was not a penalty that would have put Ohio state right there. 14, nothing. Uh, boom and yeah that that so that was huge um uh, offensive yeah i saw, saw some of cj Stroud's passes and there were a few beautiful ones there and, and i really think uh it was awesome uh, because you know in, in the first game without jsn you really saw Igbuka step up and in this game uh especially without him and fleming you saw uh marvin harrison step up and so i think you know you really see uh, both of those guys, Ibuka and Harrison, you know, really cementing themselves uh, as those two other guys, that first string uh, trio with JSN. And so I thought that was cool. Uh, I can't wait to to see them here, not only the next couple of years, but just this season. Um, the, both both got speed, both got great hands, especially Marvin Harrison. Uh, when he gets in open space, uh, he, he's a great target for Stroud, just especially with how tall he is. So excited to see more of that. Yes, both running backs look good. So offensively, uh, and yeah, you know, we wouldn't have changed my pick. Ohio State should have covered that spread. Uh, just a few things, you know, that really uh, didn't go their way, uh, especially penalties on the defensive side of the ball uh, from when I went back and watched. Yeah, there were some some silly penalties, uh, some I don't think should have been called, uh, but I think this just goes to the style of the defense. I, I really like it. I really like this style of defense. Uh, they're very aggressive, which can, you know, open up some bigger plays, which we saw uh, a couple there from Arkansas state. But what did you see from the defense time and time again, not only after, you know, one or two big plays that happened similar to the Notre Dame game, uh, but also the penalties, you know, they get into the red zone and then boom, just like that, it's third and long and they get him to fourth down just like that. And so I thought that was, you know, pretty awesome uh, where we've seen that, especially last year, you know, teams just be able to push it in the end zone. Uh, and even though, you know, it's, Notre Dame, who you know, we found out offense really isn't that good, uh, and uh, Arkansas State, you know that's that's good to see. 
that even if after those big plays, boom, you get those quick stops, even in the red zone, hold them to field goals. So uh, that's exciting. I, I will say the one thing from a defense defensive perspective uh, that I am honestly concerned with, uh, Denzel Burke didn't look all that great. And I know a lot of other people ripping on it. I'm not, you know, ripping on him. Uh, I just think he was, from what I saw, just a little too aggressive. Uh, I think he maybe he was just trying too hard, uh, and he got a couple of those penalties. He let that big play happen. Uh, so maybe it's that. I don't know. Uh, he definitely was a bright spot for him last year. Maybe he just needs to settle down. Um, but I, I think he he definitely can do a little bit better. Uh, but overall, yeah, uh, I think. Sometimes that aggression can, you know, like you saw in the offside penalties, sometimes that can just uh, work not to your favor. So just got to calm down. Uh, but they'll have, of course, Toledo next uh, this upcoming week to work on it. Uh, and some other Big Ten teams who will talk about whose offenses are terrible uh, to work on it as well. So, uh, yeah, all in all, uh, should have covered. But, hey, uh, it was a good, solid game, good, solid performance. Uh, and I am happy where we sit here after week two. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, defensively, uh, I didn't get to see the turnovers. So, uh, you know, I think we're still over when it comes to, to turnovers. So, you know, that's something I, I think they really need to, to, to step up to. And some might say, well, hey, you know, they're getting the defensive stops. They're holding teams to basically 11 points a game. And if you continue to do that, you know, do you really does, do the turnovers matter? And maybe to a degree it doesn't. Uh, but, you know, these are not hard teams that we've really had to play so far. You know, unfortunately, that's what it's looking like for Notre Dame. Um, you know, thankfully, we've got Wisconsin after Toledo. And, you know, that looks like it shouldn't be that rough of a ride either. But. I guess the point is, is those turnovers, they have to come in some of those bigger games. And if you're not getting them in these games, it makes me worry that you won't be able to do it in those bigger games. But, you know, that is one thing. I think another thing with the defense, and I don't know if it was just maybe a lackluster performance based off of, you know, the the hype of the last game, but um, Arkansas State was getting to the edge uh, a couple of times, and that, that kind of bothered me. So... You know, definitely some work to do, and especially to your point on the turnovers. I'm not sorry on, on the uh, the uh, penalties, right? So turnovers need to generate some of those, and they uh, need to clean up the penalties on, on their end. You know, the offsides, the uh, personal fouls, uh, definitely need to clean those up. Uh, offensively, the one thing I, I will say is, um, it, it, it they they still don't seem to have. Um, a rhythm to me. You know, they played a lesser opponent. They got some good passing yards. They got their running, but it still didn't feel to me like it was jiving or gelling very well. And so that's something uh, I think uh, you know definitely look forward to forward to in the uh, the upcoming weeks. Yeah, and I will agree with that. I did want to mention that. Uh, I think it's still clear that you know as to where last year. Uh, you had veteran wide receiver guys. Uh, it's definitely different this year. They're still extremely talented, but uh, there definitely is that lack of game experience. And you know, I think we're seeing that here the the first few games. Uh, just you know, timing, uh, route running, 
uh, just not not as crisp, which of course you would expect. So uh, I think that will get better as the season goes on. Uh, but yeah, that's something obviously looking forward to getting better there. Uh, which Toledo, as we move into them, uh, is a good opponent to do that against. Uh, I believe the spread, as we have it right now, is 31 and a half. Uh, that game Saturday night. So should be interesting, uh, but th- this is tough. Uh, Toledo, again, a, a team I picked to win the MAC, I think should be decent. And it's tough because, you know, they've only given up 10 points, but they played an FCS team in UMass. Uh, so for a MAC team, you really don't know how good they are just because the competition they've played has been god awful. Uh, and so don't really know what to expect all from this offense or defense, frankly. And so uh, we'll say it again. There's no reason why Ohio State should not cover the spread. I know it's high. Uh, I know it, but it's still against a, a MAC team, uh, a lesser group of five team. Uh, and their talent should definitely take over. So uh, we're just looking for those things that we mentioned uh, to clean up, you know, crispness on the offense, a good rhythm, and then uh, cleaning up the penalties on defense and forcing some turnovers and i think the special teams will come i I think we're we're seeing that kind of inching closer and closer um maybe not next week but i I do think before the year is out we'll we will see a return a touchdown from either punting or or kick return um but yeah just cleaning up cleaning up those things i think Ohio state should have no problem with toledo i wouldn't be surprised if you know they're a little bit uh kind of sluggish maybe in that first quarter uh, you know, maybe up seven to 10, but I, I think they really should pick it up after that and kind of just blow them away pretty quickly. Uh, what do you think? Well, I, I think, um, the competition is going up. I, I hate to say it, but it, it's looking like that maybe Toledo could be, you know, a tougher game than, uh, Notre Dame. Who knows? Um, you know, hot take, I know, but, um, Toledo is definitely a step up from Arkansas State. Um, yeah, the spread does look a bit high, but to your point, it, it, the operative word is should. Ohio State should cover that, that spread. If they clean things up, like you said, um, don't have the stupid personal foul penalties, the goofy offsides, get a turnover or two. You know, if, you know, if the defense uh, dials it back, uh, let's say, two to three penalties and gets one turnover, to me, that that's probably about 14 points right there at least, okay? Um, and then the offense, uh, keep uh, keep it going. Uh, get a little bit better rhythm and consistency, uh, which I am very doable. You know, a third game in, uh, a very small marginal progression, I, I would think, for them. Um, that by itself would probably spell you know, maybe another seven points in the differential. So I think there's 21 points um, that are out there as easy pickings for them to go get in addition, so to speak, to what they're doing now. And so I definitely think they can cover this. Um, and, and, yeah, with Toledo, it's hard to say because they haven't played anybody, to your point. And as I go look at um, data on them – um, it's hard to really kind of pin how they are in relation to last year. You know, from a production standpoint, um, they don't really return a lot. 
uh, neither offensively or defensively. I think they do return their starting quarterback, which is a benefit to them, of course. Um, Blackman was a returning starter for Arkansas State. I think he had an extremely hard time, but he, he still did okay. You know, he didn't he didn't turn the ball over. Uh, as much pressure as he got, uh, his his you know um, completion percentage was way down, um, and he had to scramble out quite a bit. But I think the fact that he was a returning starter kind of helped them, um, and, and that might be similar with Toledo. I, I think defensively, I think Ohio State should be able to have their way with them. Um, offensively, I, I I'm going to say it, but I think Toledo may end up being a better offensive team than Notre Dame. So I, I think that's a positive in terms of the growth, right, as they lead into and up through the Big Ten and get to the tougher games that seem to be back-end loaded now. Um, uh, I, I think that's that's good for them because I think we'll start to see, you know, if some of these things that we think about the defense are really true or if maybe we need to rethink. You know, that's what we'll start seeing over the next couple weeks, I think. Yeah, I think so. Uh, so I didn't get my score prediction. Got to do that. Uh, I'm going to go Ohio State 45, Toledo 13, uh, just over the cover. Yeah, I'm going to go uh, 56 to 13. Righteous Bucks. All right. You heard it here first. Primero. Righteous Bucks cover. All right. So looking at uh, what turned out to be a, a pretty bad week two for both of us, uh, which was kind of surprising because I thought uh, I was good with some teams. Uh, turns out there were a few uh, definitely was wrong on. A few I was right, but more wrong. So I finished week two at 11 and 14 with 133 confidence points. You finished week to with at 10 and 15 with 140 so still beat me in points um that brings our total i'm at 27 and 30 with 319 points you are you are 33 and 24 with 410 so already getting a, a pretty substantial point lead on me i got to uh gotta stop that so uh yeah generally i tend to see how i do by my highest confidence picks right my top uh you know, seven or eight, and that was really abysmal this week. I think I lost my top three, uh, maybe four. No, I did. I got twenty-two and twenty-one, so top three. Um, but still, a lot from the week. Where do you want to? Where do you want to start? Well, as I look at the games, um, yeah. Uh, first of all, like I said. You know, I did really well last week, and I said, you know, I'm not going to get too excited about it because that's the way it was last year. I'd have a week or two where, wow, yeah, let's uh, let's go, let's go him up, see how he's going to do this week, but some money. Um, and then I have more weeks like like this past one, and I always sit back and I think, well, geez, you know, would I've changed? You know, any of these picks, which ones would I have changed in hindsight? And there aren't a lot of them. I mean, I would not have changed the Bama pick. Um, I mean, that's why they call them upsets, even though it wasn't an upset here. Um, 
the point being is, is you know, a team is favored to win by quite a bit, and every year you get something like this. Um, I feel that Bama is still 21 points better than Texas. You know, if they were to play again this week, I think Bama would cover that spread. I wouldn't change my Ohio State pick. I think they got robbed out of potentially 10 points. Um, I may change my Miami because if you recall, when you were going out there and looking at the picks, you may have seen a question mark next to my Miami for a while because I just I wasn't sure. And sure enough. Um, but, yeah, some of these others, Stanford, I, I don't know. Maybe I would have changed that one, that score. Looks like I might have been close, but it really wasn't. Those were the Trump uh, points. So at the end of the day, there aren't a lot of them I would change. You know, So I don't know that I was way wrong on them. Uh, but there are some that I was just what I call bombastically wrong on. And you know, it just gives me an opportunity to again explain what this podcast is about. The idea is, is we are fans. We're not X's and O's guys. We take the tact of really the hot take that you would see on fan forums, right? And um, hence bombast. You know, we, we throw a lot of bombast out there. And there are a couple that I would say I was bombastically wrong on. You know, those that, uh, frankly, if I were to take a step back, think about it more rationally, either A, I would have kind of known, it's kind of the Star Wars line, search your feelings, you know it to be true. Um one of those, I think the one I was most bombastically wrong on, frankly, was Kentucky. <laughs> uh, and I admit it, you know, I'm just more annoyed by Kentucky than, than, than anything. But they've, they've proven to be a consistently good team. And I even said, you know, it's not a team I would want to play. If I'm lining up the quote-unquote patsy uh, portion of my schedule, they wouldn't be a part of it. Um, but in this case, you know, thinking about it rationally, I had been talking about how overhyped I thought Utah was. And it was a really close game between Florida and Utah. Maybe I put too much stock in that. You know, again, Utah, they just, their claim to fame last year was beating, a, frankly, a not very good Oregon team twice and taking Ohio State to the wire. Um, I don't know that Utah, they'll probably be similar to last year. They'll probably lose three or four games. Um, so at the end of the day, if I would have thought about it more rationally, I most definitely would have taken Kentucky. Um, I think another one that I was bombastically wrong on was the A&M, um, mostly because I said, this is me being aggressive. You know, this A&M team with what they have, they really, really should cover 17 and a half over Appalachian State. Um, but I said, I'm gambling on this one. Uh, and that one is one in hindsight that, frankly, I probably would have done differently. Uh, I was bombastically wrong on that one, clearly. Um, and then, you know, a few others that, that just kind of strike me um, where I think that maybe, yeah, I really knew that one. I, I think I really did know um, the uh, uh, Illinois one. And, and that one, in hindsight, I wish I would have put more points on because at no point was I really ever doubting that one. Um, I felt really good about the BYU. They tried to make me squirm a bit, but that's when I, I, I still feel like I was, you know, I was definitely right on. Um, and, and I think I was definitely right on the wake. That one really didn't concern me a whole heck of a lot either. 
Yeah, hey, similar to that. Uh, I'll start with the Texas-Bama game. I actually would change that pick. Uh, Texas, you know, hats off to them. They came out with uh, an extremely great game plan. Uh, and their defensive line played extremely well. They pushed Alabama's offensive line pretty good. I think they Alabama had just one really long run, and then they were held in check uh, in the run game the rest of the game. Uh, similar passing, Bryce Young really struggled uh, up until that fourth quarter where he put together a couple drives. And, you know, for that, if it weren't for that Ryan uh, Watts transfer from, from, from Ohio State, Miss Sack right there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, you know, plus some other uh, points Texas left in the red zone, Texas should have won that game. Uh, looking back, I would change the pick because I do think Bama wins more often than not. But, uh, Texas showed that Alabama's uh, offense, Alabama is beatable, and uh, yes, took a took a very aggressive approach, similar to Ohio State's defense. What, what you know, what they're looking like, they're going to be, and so uh, obviously, it's only week two. There's still a lot of, of football to play and growth to be had, but uh, I, I, it doesn't make me scared to play Alabama. I think Ohio State can beat Alabama. Yes, uh, after watching that. Yeah, and that's and so, one of the things I was going to say is, I yes, I still think, but again, Texas has several more games to prove me wrong, and absolutely they, they right. could, but I still think t- Bama is heads and tails uh, better than, than, than Texas. Um, absolutely better than Texas. But what the game did tell me, to your point, that I don't know that Bama is uh, a walk-off into the playoffs. Um, one of the things that rationally maybe I should have thought about, and one of Bama's weaknesses last year was the offensive line. Uh, I knew they had a lot coming back on defense, so I, I knew the defense would be strong. I think we just assumed you know, that, that you know, they have all that talent on that offensive line. And, you know, Bama is typically a very well-coached team. I think we all just assume that, yep, that offensive line's going to be better. And maybe it is, maybe it's not. You know, maybe what we we saw in that game, to your point, with, with uh, how um, Texas kind of gave it to them, that, that maybe they're not um, really there where they need to be with that offensive line yet. And, and that could cause problems when they play some of these other teams. Yeah, uh, but that was a fun game to see the end of it, at least. Uh, good job by Texas. Made it fun. Definitely proved me wrong. Uh, Alabama, I thought, was absolutely going to roll, uh, and they did not. So we'll see you know, what that looks like for both of them moving forward. Uh, but I do look at a lot of these games, and you know, I I think I picked uh, – I had some, some uh, that could have gone uh, my way. I mean, Miami uh, still won by 23 – could have covered. I uh, was right on Arkansas, uh, and and I'll well, you know mention South Carolina when we talk about them versus Georgia. Um, definitely was wrong on Notre Dame. Uh, you know, a couple of the teams I missed. Uh, one of them was Notre Dame. Absolutely thought they should beat Marshall. Marshall actually seems like they have a decent secondary, and but yeah, Notre Dame's offense is is not good. No, uh, I think. I think they're in for a rough year and I didn't think they were, were world beaters after they played Ohio state, but I, uh, Marshall dominated pretty much that whole entire game, uh, from what it looked like. 
and that score was closer than it should have been. So, yeah, uh, definitely wrong on Notre Dame. Definitely wrong on Wisconsin. Uh, Wisconsin still, I think, had 400 yards of offense and moved it decently, but uh, was, I don't think Washington State's a very good team. No, uh, and there were a lot of there were a lot of turnovers in that game. I uh, thought Wisconsin should have won and won big, but they they did not look good. Uh, and yeah, after watching uh, some of that, I definitely am not uh, nervous about that game in two weeks at all. Uh, another big one I missed, yeah, was Florida. Uh, I, I still think Florida should have won. Uh, it was Florida making some bonehead uh, mistakes and somehow Will Levis turning out to be the better quarterback in that game because uh, Anthony Richardson did not play well at all. And Kentucky still, you know, I mentioned it uh, in the preview, Kentucky still only ran the ball for 1.8 yards per carry. Uh, they did not run well at all. It was just they played sound defense, uh, they got some some breaks at that pick six special teams, uh, and they made it happen. Florida just played terribly, uh, but I still think Florida was the better team. Uh, they just made some boneheaded plays. I believe, uh, oh, yeah, uh, Northwestern. I thought they should have beat Duke. <laughs> I mean, but it turns out, turns out Nebraska's defense really was that horrible. Uh, and I was just wrong on that. I don't know why I ever trust Northwestern to do anything, but never again. Uh, and then some ones I got lucky on. Tennessee was not the better team. Uh, Pitt should have won that game, but Tennessee eked it out. Uh, ones I was right on, Iowa State, and should have put more on that because I, especially after seeing Iowa only get 150 yards of offense in that game. I mean, good, good Lord. I don't know if I've ever seen such a bad offense uh, in my life, but uh, and they still refuse to change stuff. And if they don't, good lord, I don't, I, I don't even know if they're going to win any games in the Big Ten, even against Northwestern. I mean, that's how bad that offense is. Uh, so they got to change something there. Uh, the buttholes uh, up north could have yeah, covered against Hawaii, but. They're up 42 nothing a half and just, of course, buttholes. Uh, Oklahoma, I think, won by 30. They just needed another field goal, those buttholes. Uh, so, yeah, there's a lot of them that, you know, were right there that just didn't, you know, didn't hit. Um, I think those were the main three I was wrong on, like I talked about. Notre Dame, Wisconsin, and uh, Northwestern, a little bit of Florida. Uh, so, all in all, looking at it, I uh, I don't think it was all that bad of a week. Could have been a lot better, but it is what it is. That's how that's how uh, the cookie crumbles sometimes, if you will. Yeah, it was way wrong on that that Wisconsin one as well. You're right. Um, Washington State shouldn't have even been close in that game, let alone you know win it. Um, the Iowa, I, I said it right in my prediction, and it's why I was. Uh, extremely low confidence on it was because, yeah, <laughs> they should lose that game. It, everything was pointing to Iowa losing that game with how atrocious they've been on offense. Uh, but it, it had been six years since uh, you know Iowa State had won, so I'm like, okay, let's go with Iowa. But you're right. I mean, I... 
they, in theory, were returning you know the most uh, starters in um, in all of the Big Ten. You know, not just the West. And you know they made it to the uh, conference championship game last year. So I thought, well, yeah, I think uh, I think I'll pick Iowa. Uh, but phew, man, I, you're right. I don't know what game they have on the schedule that they can win now. Uh, it, it, you know, Illinois is a much better team this year. Northwestern, not great, and, and very quickly on that one, it's what I said. Did I not say it? I said, you know what? I hesitate on picking Northwestern because for whatever reason, they can't seem to beat Duke. And sure enough, uh, Duke schools them again. But even even that, I think Northwestern uh, will give um, Iowa. Everybody in that West division, except maybe Nebraska. But with a, a new coach, who knows? But Nebraska, whew, they are bad. Um, but yeah, Iowa is a special kind of bad. Uh, Pitt, Tennessee, like I said, um, I had picked Tennessee. That's one I wouldn't change. I'm sorry, I picked Pitt. It's one I, I, I would not change. Um, I don't know that I would say Pitt should have won, but, yeah, I mean, that game could have gone either way to me. No, they should have. They threw <laughs> There was a lot of uh, turnovers in that game as well, but... Uh, other did one I did want to mention because I think I, I think they could make a run uh, to go un I don't know I think undefeated and that's BYU uh, that their two best receivers played tough played physical they got out with the win uh, Notre Dame neutral site definitely should win that one Arkansas comes to them too uh, which is huge I think so I think keep playing uh, like like they're doing uh, I, I think. You could quietly find them, uh, you know, eleven and one, twelve and zero here at the end of the year. Well, you don't have to sell me on that. Uh, just go listen to me blabber on about it on the last episode. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think one of the keys to this past game, I think they were missing their top two receivers, who um, should be back soon, and they're hoping they're back for Oregon. I don't know that they need them for Oregon. I don't think Oregon's very good. I, I think. Um, you know, I made my picks. I haven't put the confidence on yet, and we'll get to it tomorrow. But I don't see any reason. Oregon's favored, and I don't. I don't know why. I, I don't think Oregon's very good. Um, so yeah, I think BYU. Yeah, they uh, get those two receivers back. Uh, they do have some some scrapes. East Carolina, right? That one. Uh, like I said, that one could be a tough one too. And, and yeah, Arkansas of all of them that you mentioned, I think Arkansas is the toughest one. Uh, that they'll have. And of course we couldn't finish without talking about the debacle down there in Lincoln, uh, as Georgia Southern walks in there and comes out with a shootout win. And of course Scott Frost is fired. Uh, what's even more hilarious is the fact that I, I, I would have to think that Scott Frost, uh, and then took a deal uh, because they fired him uh, three weeks to go before his buyout decreased by half, uh, so they're paying him fifteen million instead of seven and a half million. Uh, <laughs> so I would have to think that he took a deal because I can't believe they're that stupid uh, to do that. But well, well they said there was knows, no maybe, negotiated maybe. settlement; that the contract is what it is. 
Jeez. Well, maybe they are that stupid then. Because uh, you're playing Oklahoma next. And f- even for what it's worth, you know, Scott Frost still at least has them playing close games. And he did play Oklahoma close last year. And I know he probably would have uh, tried to at least make them play hard to, you know, have a close game again. Uh, he couldn't have waited three weeks. I mean, what coach is going to come in immediately there and and change anything right away? I mean, you have what you have. You are what you are. I, I, well, I don't know. It's uh, kind of dumbfounding. Uh, yeah, when I first saw that they had fired him, and I had knew I had known full well that um, the buyout basically was halved uh, at, at the end of the month, and so right away, my first thought was, "Wow, how freaking stupid is Nebraska?" Now I haven't read a lot of articles. Um, somebody on the internet alluded to some article. You know, talking about, you know, with the circumstances, it just wasn't, uh, you know, I forget what the word they use, but it just, you know, it, they weren't going to be able to hang on that long. <laughs> You've gone how many years? He's never had a winning record. The most wins he's had is five. He's like five years into this, and they've been terrible. You couldn't wait a couple weeks. And then I, I thought about it, I'm thinking, you know what? Um some of the articles that I did read about it, they they would talk about, you know, just this, you know, series of bad decisions, you know, Callahan, um, uh, etc. And maybe it's not just the the coach. Yeah, the coach had problems, but you know, what support is he really getting there? Because the administration at Nebraska is clearly not smart. You know, with the coaching hires that they have that they had prior to him, and that one frankly wasn't like a brilliant move. You know, take yourself back to uh, 2017. It's not like it was a brilliant hire. It was a no-brainer. He, you know, he, everybody knew he wanted to go back to Nebraska. So it's not like you, you know, you you perform some genius move bringing in Scott Frost. You know, so. Basically, they have no idea what they're doing when it comes to hiring coaches anyway. That one fell into their lap, and unfortunately for them, you know, it was a sack of dung that fell into their lap. But at the end of the day, their problem isn't just Scott Frost. It's that terrible administration they have there, and frankly, they need to clean house. They really do. If Nebraska wants... They made a massive mistake from a culture perspective joining the Big Ten. It was all about dollars, and sure, would you have chosen differently um, with all the money you're going to make in the Big Ten? But at the end of the day, that killed Nebraska as a program. It, it it almost killed Penn State. Penn State hasn't ever really recovered. They were a much better, much uh, highly, more highly uh, thought of team as an independent than they are now when they've had to deal with Ohio State and some of these other teams year in and year out. Nebraska's was a little different. They just lost their whole entire identity. Everything about them was that region of Texas, Oklahoma, Nebraska, all of that. They lost all of that, and they have no identity. 
And now they have an administration that wants to hang on to the Nebraska name, um, but they don't understand that they've got to change the way they're doing things and and and, and the, the you know just the decisions they make and how they support the teams and how they hire coaches. Um, it's not just Scott Frost. I mean, he should have been fired after last year, frankly. They made a mistake bringing him back. They saw what Jim Harbaugh did, and they thought, oh, let's let's try that. You know, again, it kind of goes back to them not really having any creative thinking in their minds. You know, they don't know what they're doing, so they look, oh, well, you know, Harbaugh, uh, he, he was terrible, so they restructured his contract, made him hire and fire these coaches, blah, 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 and then look what happened, right? Well, here's the difference. Harbaugh really only had one bad year. Prior to that, they had really good years, you know. Uh, 2018, 2016, they were right on the cusp of the playoffs. So it's not like it's an apples to apples, but morons in Nebraska who don't know what they're doing, they they thought, well, we'll do that as well. They should have fired him last year, and now who are they going to hire? What are they going to do? Oh, you know what? Let's waste $7.5 million while we think about it. So, yeah, just a, a complete cluster all, right. all the way around at Nebraska. Yeah, I said perfectly. don't have much to add to that. Uh, and to think... You know, they thought they were going to do much better than a 9-3 and three Bo Pelini every year. Um, but I think, yeah, once they got rid of him after the past couple of coaches, it just quickly spiraled downhill. And, yeah, I, I try to – I don't even know, who, you know, who they're looking at in terms of head coaches. I, I don't even know who they're going to be able to attract – in all honesty, I don't know if they're going to get a quality, high-profile coach. Uh, the the, the uh, biggest name I've heard is Matt Campbell. It's a, um, uh, also, Gary yeah. Patterson's name has been bandied about. Uh, and even Stoops from Kentucky has been thrown in there. Um, all of which makes sense to me. Uh, and among those three, I think any one of them would jump at that chance. Uh, I, I think I, I think Matt Campbell knows, and I've said it before. You know, he's got to get out of Dodge. You know, you're not going to make Iowa State elite. You know, take take your hype while you got it and get out of there. Um, Gary Patterson, he doesn't want to hang out as an analyst for Bama forever. He wants to coach again, and uh, you know, Nebraska is a step up even still over TCU, um, and then Stoops. Even if he breaks the threshold where he's actually able to compete with Georgia for a division title, then he's got to go, you know, actually win against who comes out of the West. I just don't see it ever happening for Kentucky. I think he's done an admirable job there, but he could rule the uh, Big Ten West as it is now. Now, when you factor in USC and UCLA, maybe things change, but as of right now, Campbell, Stoops, Patterson, um, I think they would relish that job because it is Nebraska. It still has something of a name to it, uh, and absolutely they could compete in that division. You know, if Northwestern can win division titles in the West, Nebraska should be able to. <laughs> right. 
Uh, I do agree with Patterson. I think that probably it you know, would be a really good fit. Uh, even Campbell Stoops. I Stoops has got a very solid program in Kentucky. He's built that thing uh, pretty solidly now to a respectable you know eight eight win team. Uh, it seems like per yeah, year. Yeah, but with Stoops now, one of the things I, to think I about, know, both Campbell and Stoops, <laughs> Scott Frost didn't have this, right? Nebraska of old, you know, they made their bones by recruiting Texas, et cetera, because those were the teams they were playing. That's where their name was, and lights. You know, that's where they got success, and those Texas kids would be happy to go to Nebraska. That's not the case anymore. So Nebraska doesn't have any real fertile recruiting grounds. With Campbell... And Stoops, they have uh, a, an edge into Ohio. Stoops can go and recruit Ohio. He does recruit some players out of Ohio down to play in Kentucky. Uh, Matt Campbell coached at Toledo. He knows those high schools. You know that's what Nebraska needs. Patterson, he knows Texas. He could get them back into that Texas recruiting ground, right? So I think any one of those Stoops, I I think. You did hit on a key point there, though. You know, it, Nebraska is a build. Um, that defense is bad, and it's not going to get a lot better anytime soon. Uh, that would take you know any one of those coaches probably two to three years to really solidify that defense. Um, so maybe Stoops wouldn't want that because he has put a lot of effort into building Kentucky, but. Um, he, he, he could recruit some some talent out of Ohio to go out to Nebraska and play. No, no doubt. I, I think he could definitely do that. I just don't think he wants to, uh, especially with all that he's built there. Uh, but, you know, could be wrong. Uh, but I, I do th- think those three are reasonable, good names. Uh, will they get any of them? I don't know. I Do you want to go to Nebraska and try to build uh, – you know, Patterson's pretty old. Uh, you know, he had a long stint at TCU. Is he, does he want to go back through that again? I mean, uh, Campbell, I think, it, you know, is probably ready to do that uh, again uh, with his age. But I don't know. I think it makes the most sense for Campbell. But I guess time will tell. That's right, boy. The time will tell. And I think... The time is telling us that this has been yet another fantastic episode of Buckeye Bombast with Bellhaven and the Boy. Quite literally. <laughs>